Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. The priorities of the wise, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. Let's look at the first line of verse 5. A wise man will hear and increase learning. So you are wise if you are teachable and you are willing to listen. Amen? Amen. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Now I want to warn you, this will not be easy to hear for some people. I'm letting it sit there on purpose for a minute. Mm. <laughs> this won't be easy for some of you to hear. Who have, who's been in this church for more than a month? Shout amen. Yeah. All right, so you're survivors. There's a few around you that may not be, and if you haven't been here that long yet, you got a great, you got to literally dig your nails into the ground and hold on. Because you're, you're like spiritually pruny. You're soft like those that sat in the pool or the hot tub too long. <laughs> you're going to have to toughen up. This is real church. Some of you have been in evangelical movements for 30 or 40 years. You know that this church isn't unusual. It's unusual today, but it wasn't unusual in 1980 or 1990 or 1970. This is what it used to all be. It used to all be about this. This is what it's always been about in this church and will never change. But this won't be easy for some of you that have been sitting in state churches for decades. I didn't, you're like, what is a state church? I just started calling it that in 2020. Because I found out that churches are more obedient to the government than they are the Bible. So to me, they're state churches. You know, there is no church in England. There is no evangelical church in our mother country. It's gone. And I mean gone. There is nothing going on there. The ones that were open have long since closed. They've been banned. They're done. They weren't powerful before. They were preaching a lukewarm, watered-down gospel to begin with, but they're gone now. So there's a lot of churches that just are sim- there, There's Listen, I want you to know, there are outposts of freedom throughout the country. There are real churches. We oftentimes think we're alone because for all intents and purposes, we are. But there are other places and there are other people that are preaching the gospel. There aren't a whole lot anymore because the gospel is simply too offensive for most Christians. And that may sound weird, and I should substitute the word churchgoer over Christians. Because if the Bible is offensive to you, you're probably not saved. So this will be difficult for you to hear if you haven't been here for a while. If you've been sitting in that pruny, lukewarm, watered-down, truth-avoidance church for a long period of time. Those churches that have heaped to themselves teachers because the congregation has itching ears. If that's you, just know that right now you're not prepared to, heal the, to hear this. If you've been sitting under those ministries. But listen, I want to make something clear to you. Just because you're not prepared to hear it and it bothers you doesn't mean that you're right. Our carnality is not always right. As a matter of fact, it rarely is. 
Feelings are actually not very truthful very often. You need to be very careful about it. But you can ready yourself right now to receive the Bible by simply praying in your own spirit, whether you pray out loud, whether you pray inside your mind right now, however you want to do it. If you simply say to God, ready me, Lord, for what you have for me today. If you're willing to say that, you're the exception. Most people would never, ever let their prayers violate their beliefs. They would never let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. They won't pray. They won't be open to it because if they let the Holy Spirit in, the one who sets you free. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17. They will not be set free. Because it's too risky to be free. But if you'll pray it right now and you will simply say, Lord, ready my heart to receive that which you have for me. Not what Tom has, what you have for me. Pray that prayer right now. Pray it. And you will ready yourself to receive. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Now, how do we go about doing that? I don't want to just put out a question and say, how will we hear and increase learning and never give you a path to do it? Well, I'm going to give you the primary avenue for it. Are you ready? It's either the primary or it's a primary. I believe it's the primary avenue to hear and increase learning. But it's not embraced by many, it's ignored by most, and it's avoided by most. And the word is, here's the avenue, you ready? To hear and increase learning, you are going to have to be corrected. But that's avoided by most. Proverbs 15, 10. Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path, and he who hates correction will die. Now does that mean you're going to drop dead today if you don't receive correction? No, not necessarily. Death means the same thing really in the Bible as salvation does. What do I mean by that? Salvation in the Bible doesn't always mean saved unto heaven or saved eternally. It means saved out of a scenario most often. Death is the same way. It doesn't mean there's people that will never receive correction. They'll live to 97 years old, but they've laid a track of death their entire life. Their marriage is death. Their friendships are death. Their finances are death. Their emotions are death. So you layer out death. He who hates correction will usher death into their life. Because correction is a wellspring of life. The entire Bible is correction for the most part. With exceptions. So he who hates correction will die is what it says now here's the thing does that mean literal death it can if you hate to be corrected if you don't want to learn about god's healing virtue or god's protective virtue that no plague shall draw near thy dwelling that you can fly wherever you want you can ride whatever you want you can live however you want and god will see to it With long life will he satisfy you and show you his salvation. Psalm 91. That your only vulnerability is martyrdom. And if you're unwilling to receive that, then your life is in jeopardy. 
you're then living according to the odds. And the odds are pretty good. The odds are that you won't be killed. The odds are that you won't get this or you won't get that. But here's the thing. I don't want to trust odds. uh, Listen, there's people in Vegas that are crapping out as we speak right now. So it can be even to the place of life and death if you, re- if you reject correction. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. You will hear these key words in Scripture. A wise man will hear and increase learning. How do we do it? We have to be willing to be reproved, to be reproved and rebuked. Now, you Tom, you said correction a minute ago. Well, here's the Bible version. Correction is the nice way of saying The Bible uses the word correction too, but it uses reproof and rebuke more often. So let's look at the definitions of those two words. Reproof means what? You're going to see them in Scripture, so you might as well know what they mean. Reproof means proof of falsehood. The overthrowing of an argument, opinion, or doctrine. An expression of blame or censure. Blame expressed to the face. Rebuke means to check, to silence, to rap, to reprehend sharply. An expression of strong disapproval. 2 Timothy 4.2. Most Christians know this first, but don't know what reproof and rebuke means. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. When we preach the word, it should be bringing proof of falsehood, error, overthrowing arguments, opinions, and doctrines, expression of blame. Tom, we don't use the word blame in the modern church. You should be. You know what? There's nothing wrong with assigning blame. I know that's not what Oprah taught you. I know that's not what the Democratic Party teaches you. But there's nothing wrong with assigning blame. If it's your fault, receive it. If it's you that's doing it, it's on you. And there's also nothing wrong with assigning it to other people. Two million babies die a year in our country, slaughtered in the womb. I blame somebody, the Democratic Party, done. Judgment, conviction, done. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Why do we have these things implemented time and time again? Why do we have them? Because we have another party that's too cowardly to stand up to them. And they're called the Republicans. You can choose the Democrats who are evil or the Republicans that are cowards. Neither one of them inherit the kingdom of heaven. Read Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. The cowardly do not, do not as well as the murderers, are in the same list. The cowardly do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You sign your name on the dotted line that says I certify fraud. Good luck on the day of judgment for you. Not me. I'm not signing that document. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's absolutely impossible that this happened. Well, we got 133 million registered voters, that's legal voters, in the United States. Donald Trump got 74 million legal votes. How many votes are left? 
59 million. So explain to me how the other person got 81 million. It's no different than we have 400,000 COVID deaths. 400,000 COVID deaths and the exact same amount of deaths this year as last year. It's actually about 100,000 less. Same people counting ballots are the same people counting COVID deaths. Understand that's the truth. And that may offend you, but you can listen. You can be as offended as you want. Even the people who are part of the cover, the cover up put out the excess death count. And we have 2.9 million Americans have died this year total. Last year, 2.9. Year before, 2.8. So explain to me why I'm at the vet on Friday and every single person there has a mask on but me out of 40. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. How much scripture is given by inspiration of God? All. And is profitable for doctrine. Here it comes again. For reproof, for stern correction. For correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? What's the purpose of being rebuked and reproved? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You cannot be complete and thoroughly equipped without a maniac rebuking you. Whether it's you or me, somebody needs to bring correction into your life. Unless you've arrived. Maybe you've arrived. You're the only one who thinks you have. But maybe you've arrived. When you hear all of this reproof, whether it's 2 Timothy 4, 2, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you hear reprove, rebuke, exhort. You hear those things. That's why you hear Proverbs 15, 10 that says, he who hates correction will die. There's Christians that have not received correction about sexual immorality and died of AIDS. It can run the gamut. You don't receive correction about your marriage and you live in misery for decades. That's death. Living with a stranger that you hate for decades, which is many, like, is that most marriages? Well, I don't know. The divorce rate is over 50%. And the evangelical church is 1% behind that. Then most people are missing, living in misery because that's 50% that actually divorced. There's lots of other, other people that are just hanging on until Jesus comes back. I'm stuck now. You know why you're stuck now is nobody in that house is receiving correction. Oh, rebuke. Uh, if, I, if I get rebuked, uh, my feelings get hurt. That means it must be wrong. My feelings are hurt, therefore it must be immoral. Your feelings are not the gauge of morality the Bible is. You could feel one way. You could feel something is completely right. There is a way, Proverbs 14, 12, that seems right to a man. Seems right means, here's deep and theological, you ready? Seems right means what? It seems right. In other words, you're deceived. It seems right to you. Give me just a little bit on this, all right? It seems right to you. But its end is the way of death. But they sure felt right the whole time. 
That's going to be the shocking thing for many people on Judgment Day. Yeah, but the way that I felt seemed right. Doesn't matter. When you were rebuked, it actually bothered you. You're like, how dare you rebuke me? How dare do you bring face-to-face correction to me? That doesn't, in the modern church, the rebuke itself is the rebuke. Telling people they need to be rebuked is the rebuke. And they never receive the first part. That you need to be open to it. Let alone rebuking them. You need to be open to stern correction. Nope. That means I may have to keep my pants on. Yeah. You may need to stay clothed. You can figure that out if you haven't yet. Work on it. Let it spin around in there. You know, it would solve a lot of people's problems, and they wouldn't go to hell for it either. Actually, keep your pants on. That's a rebuke. Try it. Leave your pants on. You'll go to heaven. It's true. Most, de- most, most men are going to die and go straight to hell. Most male people are going to die and go straight to hell. So are most females. Males will go to hell because they don't keep their pants on. That's the truth. Why you women go to hell, you figure it out. I have no idea. The narrow is the way if you find it. That's male and female. You need to learn to love being rebuked. Love it. If it's true, love it. What's wrong with it if it's true? Well, I didn't really like the tone. Well, then dismiss the tone and receive the rebuke. I don't like that Tom just yelled. I'm going to yell more. (laughs) Learn to love it. It's how a wise man hears and increases learning. Romans 16, 17, and 18. It says, avoid divisive people is the title. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Listen to, listen to their characteristics. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. So which one's better? A stern rebuke? Or smooth words and flattering speech, which is the moniker of the modern church. How can I keep you in the building? Smooth words and flattering speech, sending people straight to hell for all of eternity. In the lake of fire, burning. Hellfire, brimstone. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, all because you're too much of a coward to preach the word of God. Well, I don't want my congregation to love me. Should we stay open? Let's put out a poll. We got, we got COVID-19 going, 99.9% post-infection survival rate. But you know what? We're going to put out a poll. See, I saw, I saw my vet tech that came out to me at the veterinary clinic on, on Friday. He was 29, 30 years old, max, early 30s, late 20s. 
He came out with the full shield on. And they told him to shield up because you got the maniac out there without a mask on. I could hawk a loogie in his mouth full of COVID. And his odds of living are 99.9997. And he's got a shield on. Hawk a loogie, that's what I said. In his mouth. And that's his odds of survival, and he's got a shield on. It's not a shield of faith. There's a pastor right now writing a book called The Fear Virus, whose church has been closed for six months. How's that a, how, how are you rising above and saying that this is some sort of virus of fear when you yourself have cowered to it and closed all your church campuses, a church of tens of thousands of people? And now it's doing a conference where you're saying, you know, we're going to get back to the basics. Basics of what? What you're going to do is avoid the very basics of all basics, which is Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You've got a giant, it's not just a giant elephant. It's a giant pink and purple elephant in the room that you are avoiding by saying we're going to go back to the basics. What you need to do is go to the very basics of repentance. Go in front of the world and say, I was wrong. At 308 days, the 15 days to flatten the curve, I was wrong. They don't want to do that because pride goes before destruction. He will lose his ministry eventually. He is ushering death in. He who hates correction will die. That's why you go to these churches right now that have closed and have now reopened, reopened and nobody ever acknowledged The original problem of closing. They're powerless and unanointed. I challenge you, watch them. They are powerless. That's why, listen, there's a lot of people that have come to this church from other churches, and they're barely hanging on here. But the reason why they're hanging on is because their old church is dead. This church scares them, but they'd rather have scared than dead. You can't go back and never repent. If you're a state church and Anthony Fauci is your God, you're going to need to repent of that idolatry. And if you don't, forget it. He who hates correction, your ministry will die. Well, no, they're still open. They're dead. They're dead. And barring repentance, they will not be resurrected. You're like, we'll prove you wrong, Tom. These churches are all going to still be open. Yeah, they were, they were nearly dead before COVID. COVID just kicked them over the edge. Proverbs 14, 15 says this. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. You are to scrutinize the things that are coming at you. You do need to be wary about who it is that rebukes you and whether you receive it or not. You don't just receive every rebuke. If it's the Bible that's rebuking you, that's 100% sure. If it's the Holy Spirit rebuking you, you need to test the spirits because many Christians call that which is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
So you need to test the spirits. 1 John 4.1, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And if it's a person, you do the exact same thing, whether it's me or anybody else. People aren't God. But listen, a lot of times, how many people here are filled with the Holy Spirit? Shout amen. Amen. How many people have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Shout amen. amen. So you know already, don't you? When somebody tells you something and it lands on you, you know it's you. You know it is. You know immediately. A lot of us, we've sat in altar calls, right? You sat back and you knew the whole time and you drove off and you're like, man, I should have responded. I love back in the day, different prayer meetings I've been to, Bible studies, there was always somebody who came up to me afterwards. Because I've always been one. When I taught the Bible study here, even though there's 30, 40, 50, 60 people here, when I did the Bible study here, I would always encourage people to talk. And without exception, there would always be somebody coming up to me afterwards and going, I was supposed to speak, but here, I want to just tell you now. I want to just tell them. I was too sweet to tell them. You're like, Tom, you're not sweet. I am in person. (laughs) But I wanted to tell them this. Don't bother now. You were supposed to talk then. You knew the Holy Spirit was telling you, speak this to people. And now you want to come up and tell me? So you know when a rebuke lands on you, love it. But I hate it. I don't feel love. That's all lies. That's just your, that's just synapses firing chemicals in your brain, those feelings. If it's truth, learn to love it. And the depth of feeling that you have in your life will replace the shallow. This is what people choose. People choose shallowness to run away from pain, to mask it. They choose alcohol to mask correction, to run from correction. They choose pornography. It's, it, they choose drugs because it temporarily, it temporarily takes away the pain of the failure that you know that you're supposed to fix. They run from it. They'll choose entertainment. It's not always so dire. It's not even always sinful. They'll choose to scroll for six hours a day instead of deal with the fact that their wife hates them. Just scrolling. They'll become a super fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's their whole life. Husbands and wives, that's what they'll do. They'll face paint each other. Let me get you, honey. Okay, good. Get the pirate on, my, on the right side of my forehead for me. There you go. We have put him in there. If we do this and we just concentrate on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have no idea who we are and never will. But if we concentrate on them, we will never have to deal with each other. That's people choose the shallow and they're missing so much. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Instead of dealing with it and getting down and deep and satisfied and full of peace, they choose the medication instead. Literally and figuratively. What causes deception? What causes heresy? 
The truth spoken or the truth avoided? Let's look, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Deceptions of false teachers. It's a verse I just discovered this year. I read it before, but it stepped out to me this year. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, listen to the next line. What causes heresy? What causes deception? For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, it doesn't even say that they're preaching heresy. They're just preaching emptiness. We've got to do this life together. Don't do life alone. Spiritual journeys, fresh starts, and new beginnings. No hellfire and brimstone. No judgment on you, bro. No judgment, bro. Okay, bro. Thanks, bro. All right, bro. <laughs> when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, sermons that they've typed from online, they allure, listen, they allure, they lure like a fishing rod. They allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Does everybody see what that's saying? That's saying that you have church members, pastors preaching to them words of emptiness, and they allure those people through the lust of the flesh, to walk away from the truth. Inside the building. Well, we don't want to speak those harmful words that cause people to be offended. We don't want to say that someday you're going to stand before God. Someday most people narrows the way and few find it. Can't say that. That's not tolerant. It's not accommodating. You just allured people through the lust of the flesh to walk away from God. Love is the same everywhere. Whether it's man-on-man love, woman-on-woman love, it's all the same in Hyper Grace Church International Ministries. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 says this. See to it. This is speaking to you now. I want you to look at the verse instead of look at me. See to it that no one takes you captive. Through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on what? Human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. It's very easy to be taken captive. What if, you're, what if somebody's son turns out gay? What are you going to do, evangelical? Well, I want to love them. Well, love them. You're not going to tell them the truth? Seen lots and lots of Christians change their theology based on what their children's sins are. Um, you know, we change churches because, you know, that foundation church, they said that if you are fornicating, you'll die and go straight to hell. Of course, that's right in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, uh, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21, Revelation 21, 8. Don't let the Bible get in the way of your theology. But because my children are fornicating, we've dropped that. Now we went to that church in Port Charlotte that all the foundation church people hide at. (laughs) Or the one in Venice. There's two in Port Charlotte, one in Venice that all the foundation church people hide at. Because their kids went awry. Don't want to hear my kids going to hell. It's not very loving. It's very loving. It's very loving to let you know. That you ought to do everything you can to pluck that ember out of the fire. 
Well, that's old school. No, it's Bible. There is no old school. There is no new school. There's truth and lies, and that's it. If you never tell anybody in your congregation about heaven or hell, if you never ever say to anybody, if you live this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, but you will inherit the kingdom of darkness, of hellfire and brimstone, the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. You never say that. You are a lukewarm pastor luring people into your own lukewarmness. And Revelation 3.15 and 16 says, I'll spew you out of my mouth. It's disgusting to God. Well, that's legalism. It's got nothing to do with legalism. It has to do with loving God. This is love for God to obey his commands. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. You want to love God? Learn to obey God. See to it that no one takes you captive. Let's break down Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Taken captive how? How are you taken captive? Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men. It's found in 2 Peter. Be on your guard. So I'm giving you that guard today. How can you be taken captive? What are the devices? First one is hollow philosophy. That is almost every sermon being preached right now in America. Most of them on Zoom. Anybody ever take a moment when all the churches were preaching on Zoom and actually listened to one of them? I have. I want to know what they're preaching. I honestly, they're so hollow that I can't even follow what they're saying. I'm like, am I stupid? I'm I'm always willing to examine that possibility. (laughs) Am I just too stupid to get what this guy's saying? Because I have absolutely nothing. I have no idea what his A to B is. He's just rambling on and on and on and on. Swelling words of emptiness and there's and I, I i don't get it there's people out there going amen oh yeah i'm like oh yeah to what <laughs> there's oxygen in the room oh preach it <laughs> what are, what are you doing could be the people you know the modern churches they assign people to do that shills inside their own congregation make sure you're shouting amen now Tommy, have you ever done that? (laughs) No. I don't even care. You know how many times, this is the greatest church we've ever had right now. I told you that last week. You guys are loud, you're boisterous, you give. Best church we've ever had. I've preached a dead silence in this room a thousand times. I've walked out going, everybody hates me and I hate all of them too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's one of the 500 times I've quit <laughs> now I don't even care it's loud, it's loud if it's quiet, it's quiet I'm not going to be quiet I'm sweaty, I'm swampy I've already preached one message today I'm swampy right now it's not pretty I'm all worked up I don't care what anybody thinks what's hollow philosophy mean? I don't know, let's use America 
academics, sports, misplaced priorities. Tons of Christian parents are sending their kids straight to hellfire and brimstone, a lake of fire, because a bouncing ball is more important to them than church. You're telling me you should quit? I'm telling you now, this is a time for radical action. I'm telling you right now, folks, that if I didn't pastor this church, I would be driving every Sunday and every Wednesday to the River Church in Tampa, an hour and 10 minutes from my house. I wouldn't go to any of these lukewarm, pansy pastors that close their churches and have never publicly repented. I wouldn't go to any of them. Not in Port Charlotte, not in Inglewood, not in Venice, not in Sarasota. You're like, you're telling me, Tom, there isn't anybody that stayed open? There's one or two, but most of them had to open safely or use precautions. I almost designated the person, our cleaning service, to not clean at all. Let's be as dirty as possible, just to mock it. Hey, Rachel, skip a month. Let's just leave all of our garbage all over the floor. Just to purposely mock COVID. And all the pastors putting out their advertisements. You know, we're cleaning more now than ever. I love the pastor who wrote the fear virus book. Every single one of his services, when the people go out, the cleaners come in. And they come in. It literally is out of the apocalypse. They're all garbed up in biohazard gear with their sprayers, with fogs. You'll die of whatever they're fogging you with long before you'll die of COVID. you know that 55 Americans have already died of the COVID vaccine? Never going to see Pete Syracuse dead from the COVID vaccine? You ought to have taken your chance on the COVID. Take your chance with the virus. And all that whatever gel they're squirting in your veins. Can't believe how galactically idiotic you have to be. I don't care that Trump's pushing it. He's wrong. I don't care. You have to be galactically stupid. You're not allowed to use stupid in the church. Yes, you are. Do I have that right here? Oh, I got it right here. Good. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's the New King James Bible. That's not me. You have to be galactically stupid. And I'm not talking about those of you who are mandated to to keep your livelihood. You ought to still think twice, but that's between you and God. Work out your own salvation. But the thing is this. You have to be galactically ignorant. How many coronaviruses have attacked human beings? Anybody know? Seven. Seven times we've been attacked by coronaviruses, of which one is the common cold. If you've had the common cold any time within the last decade, you will test positive for COVID-19. Absolute fact. Absolute fact. Seven times. Anthony Fauci has been in his current position 
Since 1979. How many coronaviruses has he, how many coronaviruses has he healed? How many vaccines has he come up with? But yet, when we have this one, the one that closes down the world for 99.9% post-infection survival rate, lo and behold, in 18 months, they have a vaccine. Which, by the way, if you watch Real Doctors, which are frontline doctors of America, Dr. Simone Gold, Real Doctors, they will tell you, and the World Health Organization just had to admit that the current COVID virus vaccine that's being pumped into the arms of Americans does nothing to stop the spread. Nothing! Just like the World Health Organization had to admit publicly, it's on their website that their polio vaccines has sterilizing agents in them. On purpose. You're going to believe, you're going to let those people stick a needle in your arm? Good luck. I'll stick a a lead needle right between your eyes. Some of you think I'm kidding. The... The brown shirts come knocking at my door. Hey, Big Tommy, needle time. That'll be the last thing they ever heard in their life. Needle time. That'll be it. Mm. (laughs) I'm not going down for some stupid needle. You're not going to pump Bill Gates' tracking gel into my veins. It's not going to happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. So how are we taken captive? Hollow philosophies, deceptive philosophies, which are lies. Remember our verse. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. Hollow is hollow, deceptive is lies. And what do they depend on? Human tradition. Maybe your parents' church. I'm attacking alcohol right now. Ready? Sure. It's going to bother some of you. (laughs) Well, it's every, I heard a woman tell me one time. She was actually somewhat solid at the time, isn't so solid now, but it's funny that she isn't. And I was talking to her about allowing alcohol into your life. Well, Tom, it just says don't be drunk. I get it. And the reason why nobody is getting saved around you is because you talk like that. But anyway, that's how you preach. But I told her you ought to consider getting alcohol out of your family. Well, she says, no, everybody in my family all drinks to moderation and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, and I, and I didn't say this to her at the time. I may not have known all the information at the time, but I got to know her extended family throughout the years. And there isn't one of them that's solid. Isn't it kind of strange that in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, when God is talking about John the Baptist, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Isn't it kind of odd that God gave instructions to Aaron that you and your sons are not to have wine or strong drink when you go into the tent of meeting or you will die. 
Isn't it kind of odd that the book of Proverbs chapter 20 calls strong drink raging and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise? And that everybody just lets it come into their eyes. It's only if you're drunk, Tom, you're going to hell. That's that's true. I wish I could preach my own theology on alcohol. Because I watched alcohol ruin the lives of my family. I've cleaned up one alcohol death after another as a law enforcement officer. Clean their bloody guts off the street. Watched, watched. You ever, you ever been on a site where you're at a, when you're at a death from a DUI crash and there's blood all over the street? They don't just leave it there. I'm talking about, I don't mean to gross some of you. Yeah, I don't care. So I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> the real world is the real world. It's not like, it's not like the movies. Blood and guts is blood and guts. And I've sat there and I've watched. Do we know what they do? They don't just leave those guts all over the street. First of all, animals will come out and start eating it. You get the fire truck out. They open up that hose. They open up the side of the truck and wash it all away. All because some idiot killed himself or killed other people because he's drunk. You're gonna, that's the same thing as taking a vaccine. It's not, necess- it's not sinful to take it. It's stupid to allow it into your home. I just lost some church members there, but I gained more. Because the word was preached. I didn't tell you you're going to hell. You, there, I'll make it clear for you. You want to have your beer every day? Fine. I've, I've only seen one Christian in my life that drinks to, moder- to moderation. One. That preached the gospel of, pre- of drinking to moderation. Every other Christian I know drinks to excess. Every one of them. And you want to usher that into your house? You sure you want to see your child coming home from college, 21 years old, celebrating the fact that he can now buy alcohol because he's modeling mom and dad, walking up the driveway with his friends with his couple 12 packs of Bud Light. You sure you want to see that as a Christian mom or dad? I don't. That's human tradition. No, thank you. I'd rather be pure. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I'm not ushering in demons into my house through a liquid. I know the heaven and hell implications. I know you're not going to go to hell because you have a glass of wine with your ribeye. I get it. Don't meet me at the door to confront me. I already know. I get it. But I wouldn't usher that in. How are you taken captive? Hollow philosophy. Deceptive philosophies that depend on human tradition. All my family, we've all had alcohol all our life and everybody's Christians. They're not solid that I've seen and I know them all is what I told that lady. I didn't tell her that's what I told my own self. I'm like, no. And that depend on human tradition, so hollow philosophy, deceptive philosophies, that depend on human tradition, and they depend on the elemental spiritual forces of the world. I, as I'm scrolling through social media, there's a big name pastor, and he always puts out somebody who completely caved to COVID, never said a word, just like everybody else but Rodney Howard Brown, all the big names caved. They're still caved. They're still gone. 
It's literal crickets out there. That's absolutely crickets. Nobody says a word about the elephant in the room. Nobody says a word. It's truly, truly amazing to me. But people put out God is in control. That's a lie. God is not in control. and God is in control when you as a Christian bind and loose. Otherwise, just putting out hollow philosophies. God is in control. You honestly think God's in control of the abomination that America is right now? 60% of the businesses that have been forcibly closed through COVID laws are now closed forever. And God's in control? God's in control of 2 million abortions a year in America alone, 60 million worldwide? Who's in control of the world? Elemental spiritual forces of this world is who? Is the devil in your own carnality? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Everybody good? 12 more minutes? Human traditions destroy the unsaved and send them straight to hell. Now, Tom, I'm tired of hearing you say people are going to hell. Well, that's just the Bible. The hell's mentioned more than heaven in the Bible. I hate to tell you that. Some of you, again, you've been pruned up in those lukewarm churches for so long that the Bible is an offense to you. Don't let it be you. Human traditions destroy the unsaved. They're almost human traditions are just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, whose tradition took away the fervor out of the Word of God, took away the power out of the Word of God. You roam the entire earth to, to win one proselyte, but when you do, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are, is what Jesus said. That's, the hum, that's what human tradition does. I'll read you a couple. It's okay if you're in love. That's human tradition. It takes a village. Take it, take, it takes a village. Put it in a giant beer bar- barrel of lubricant and shove it takes a village up your caboose. Good people go to heaven. That's a, that's a human tradition. And that sends most people straight to hell for all of eternity. And you realize that when you die, you go straight to wherever you're going? Judgment comes later. I like the people who think that you go to sleep when you're dead. There's Christians who believe that. Because Jesus said she's only sleeping. I'm like, you're dumb. <laughs> it's not the Bible. Read, read Revelation 20, 11 through 15. He's pulling live souls out of the lake of fire. And hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And the seed gave up the dead which was in it. You go right there right now and people are telling their kids, good people go to heaven. That's their tradition. That's what I was raised in. And what's funny is nobody's good. Where do you get that from? I'll read it to you in a minute. Religion sends people straight to hell. 
One of the most foul spirits there is is a religious spirit. One of the most foul spirits are the ones that are keeping you from raising your hands when you're worshiping. Well, that's not how I was raised, you know, at the Calvinist, central, stone-cold, Presbyterian, whatever that I was raised in. We didn't do those sorts of things. Well, the man after God's own heart danced before the Lord with all of his might. And he's called a man after God's own heart. And you're, you can't move to the left and move to the... You can't do that. <laughs> can we come on? When I was jumping this morning, I had like a wave because all the fat comes up and comes slamming back down. I was still jumping. It's tired. I did it in two services. Why I'm so swampy right now. I was jumping around, moving left and right. Naz jumped, I was jumping. I'm like, Naz is going to jump, I'm going to jump. Here's another human tradition. Sending people straight to hell. Jesus is a way, but not the way. Straight to hell. People are watching probably right now online. Oh, man, who is this guy? A guy is preaching the Bible, man. It's the Bible. You should be telling people who are going to hell that they're going to hell. Tell them. You're, I love you too much to tell you. What does that even mean? How does that make sense to you? And that is the MO of the modern church. I love you too much to tell you that you're going to hell. How does that make sense to anybody? I honestly don't get it. If I understood it, I would give you the explanation. It's, it, it makes as much sense as, as John chapter 8, verse 45, where Jesus says, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. How does that make sense to anybody? I tell you the truth, and that's what makes you not believe me. I love you too much to tell you that you're going to face judgment someday, and you're going to be called a goat or a tear. You love them too much? You should love them so much you're willing to lose your relationship with them to tell them the truth. Here's the last one. Human beings are inherently good. No, they're not. There's not one good. No, not one. Romans chapter 4. I'll read you this one. No, he's unsaved, but he's got a good heart. And human beings are inherently good. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. The human heart is above all things a liar and desperately wicked. No, that's not true of my little cherub that I raised who's 16 years old and they're not saved right now. They're awfully sweet. No, actually, if they are unsaved, just know. That's why I'm always telling you parents. And there's people in here with small kids and there's people in here with teenagers. I am telling you right now, there is nothing wrong with running a surveillance state inside your own home. Yeah. <laughs> Period. I don't care what anybody thinks. People have mocked and laughed at me and told me that I would never accomplish the things that I've accomplished as a parent. My kids aren't driving until they're 18. They didn't. Period. My kids aren't dating until they're 18. 
Did they? No. Well, you're going to breed rebellion. Nice. Go ahead. Try to rebel. Bring it on. Try your rebellion. (laughs) Only now in the last year can my son physically defeat me. (laughs) Go ahead. 21, he can go live on his own anyway. Go ahead. Try to rebel. I'll go to prison before I let you date somebody I don't like. And you're like, Tom, that's hyperbolic. You really? You don't live with me. My daughter's shaking her head. She knows it's true. I'll go to freaking prison. I'll throw away my law enforcement career. I don't like them. Forget it. You're like, why are you so fervent about your daughter? I don't know. It's just my daughter. I don't know why I'm not as concerned about Tommy. I don't know why. It's just a thing about my female daughter. The thought of her marital night, I just can't bear the freaking thought. (laughs) It better be somebody who's madly in love with Jesus. A lot of people, they don't believe any of those things. I am telling you it's true. I will, I know what's on your phone. I know who your friends are. I'm telling you, parent, and both of my kids are saved, and all the freedom parents, sex, drugs, and rock and roll parents, they're 0 for 3. They're 0 for 2. They're 0 for 5 going out of their house. They're all unsaved. Because I loved my kids enough to keep them holy. I'll lay down my career to keep them holy. Absolute fact. Go ahead, try that cotton candy moron come driving up my driveway to date my daughter. I don't care if she invited him over. He's not leaving conscious. I'll drag him out the door, put him in the shade, sprinkle water on his forehead, and I'll make sure he's alive. Other than that, he's on his own. Because the human heart is a liar above all things. Until somebody's saved, somebody is saved, that is who they are. You should care about that. That your teenager who's not saved, listen, if your teenager is in church right now, and this is the summation of their worship, they're not saved. Understand that. They're not saved. Go into their phone today and find out what's in there. Do you know how many times at this church, I don't know why kids in this church friend my kids. They are selling you out to me. I know you. I don't tell you. Everyone thinks I'm some confrontational connoisseur. I am not. But I know you're talking about naked women. I know you're dropping F-bombs. Although I know who you are. And I marvel that your parents don't. Because I certainly would. Because I don't want to be on that day of judgment, Revelation 20, 11 through 15, where there's not a soul in this building who will not witness most people being cast into the lake of fire. I certainly don't want that to be my own child because I was too much of a coward to not run a surveillance state inside my own home. 
Like, man, this is old school. This is truth. There's no old school. There's no new school. There's not the way things were and the way things are. There's the truth and there's lies. If your kid is not saved, just understand that their heart is a liar and very desperately wicked. And you need to be saved. And a lot of times kids aren't saved because all they're watching in the home is contention and hypocrisy. Well, you know, they understand that moms and dads have problems. Yelling and screaming is not problems. It's antithetical to scripture. Do everything without complaining or arguing is Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Everything, by the way, in the Greek means everything. In the Hebrew too, and the Latin. Human traditions, I'll close with this. Destroy the saved. They destroy the unsaved, and they also destroy the saved. Christians call themselves people of faith, as they should. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. Saved by grace through faith. You are a person of faith if you're saved. We'll be done in five minutes. Everybody good? We'll close quick. So if you're a person of faith, then you have to look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. What is, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What that means is this. It doesn't just mean that you listen to the Bible on your phone, which is great, by the way, fully endorse it, but it doesn't mean that. It means that what you listen to is the Bible. Not it's what you're listening to, it's what you actually let in is the Bible. So where does faith come from? It comes from the Bible. Your faith should be what the Bible says. Not what a pastor preaches, what the Bible says. He heals all, he he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. But that's not what the Baptist church says. The Baptist church closes for a 99.9% survival rate. The Bible says no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. The Bible says whatever you bind is bound. The Bible says whatever you loose is loosed. The Bible says you're responsible. Jesus said to his own apostles, Mark 4, 40, Mark 4, 37 through 41. How is it that you have no faith? It depends on you. Are you going to do God's in control? No, he's not. You are. You implement the word of God or you don't. God's in charge once you're dead. You're in charge now. Tom, that sounds like, that sounds blasphemous. That's only because you've been taught a wrong doctrine on the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means above all, not in control of all. If God was in control of all, we wouldn't see what we see. who's who's in control of America? The God of the spirit of the air. The devil. Only by Christians taking ground, recapturing territory, or never surrendering territory to begin with. That is the hope of America. Faith, your faith, a person of faith means 
You're a person of the Word of God because faith, your faith should be the Word of God. Your faith should be quoting the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word did. You're a Christian, a person of faith. That's the Word. That's the Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word. I'll finish with this. Worship team, make your way so everybody trusts me. If your faith, as a person of faith, is not the Bible, then your faith is not in Jesus. Did everybody hear that? Everybody thinks it's Jesus and the Bible. Jesus is the Bible. There are three that bear witness in heaven. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. If your faith is not the Bible, your faith is not in Jesus. I'll finish with this thought. A lot of Christians, so you know I'm finished. There you go. A lot of Christians say that, well, I'm growing. If you are growing, name me the Bible verses that you didn't know before you started to grow. Because otherwise, you're not growing. You cannot grow without the Word of God. Well, I'm growing in the Spirit. The Spirit only preaches what the Word says. John chapter 16, verse 13. He only preaches the things that Jesus said. He only preaches the Jesus. So if somebody is growing, then they're going to have to be able to quote Scripture. You mean quote Scripture? You mean actually know it? Yes! What's so wrong with that? I, I love the Christians who think that it's a virtue to go, well, like, I don't know the chapter and verses, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. You want to win an argument? Anybody ever want to win one? I'm finishing right here. You ever want to win one? I'm not saying this. Believe me, I'm not. I believe me, I'm not. I win almost every argument I'm ever in with the saved and the unsaved that want to battle me according to theology. They don't know a daggum thing out of here. Everything that I believe, every core belief I have, I have memorized. Totally and completely, chapter and verse, and I have a worse SAT score than 90% of the people in this room. And I can do it. Sergeant at the Sheriff's Office, 25 years. They didn't hire me at NASA. Oh boy, look at that SAT score. Let's get him over here for the rocket scientist department. They ignored me completely for any of that. But if I can do it, and I never lose an argument, if people want, if you want to argue with me about math, you got me, I lost. You want to argue with me about healing, you better have it ready to go, because you will lose. You have no chance at all none and you should be exactly the same way because this should be your faith and nothing else amen stand with me everybody thank you for listening to foundation church's weekly message we hope that you have been encouraged and empowered if you would like to partner with us please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on give